Um, I know that I've only been the pastor here since um, early May. Um, my wife and I did serve, and we served at pastors in other locations. Um, but I've never had the Holy Spirit really impress on me to spend a significant amount of time in one particular topic or series like he is now. And so leading up to this, there was a little questioning in the whole, with the Holy Spirit, um, just the reasoning why. And, and over the last several weeks, I've, I've been learning why. I've been understanding why as we go on. Just different things that I've felt in my own spirit and just talking with others. Um, but I know it's for, for a reason. Uh, we are drawing closer. We are getting closer to the Lord's return. Does anyone believe that? in the house this morning. We are getting closer to those days. And as we draw closer to the Lord's return, um, those are going to be great times uh, for the church. And it's going to be also very hard times as we see in Scripture. We already see that, you know, there are times around us, as I was saying earlier, that it feels like uh, the world really presses on us and and different things about that. It really wants to kind of wear us down. And I know that to be true. You know, as, as a pastor, that does not make us, you know, as pastors, it doesn't make you some kind of uh, super Christian where you're immune to anything. Uh, if anything, sometimes the attacks do come even, I, I would hate to say stronger, but sometimes they do. Um, and I'm not saying that's the case all the time. And some people are just very sensitive to what's going on spiritually. Uh, God has given them a gift of that, really. You know, of discerning what's going on, even in the spiritual world. And uh, I do think there are some things that are going on um, in the spiritual world that is, are very important right now that are taking place. Uh, and a lot of things have been taking place over the course of the last several years, and I would even say decades leading up to this point. But for us as believers uh, here today, you know, the word does say that we uh, can live a life of victory, right? And so I walk in that. Uh, I, I know because the word says that. So if the word says that, then I have to believe in the word and have faith in the word of what the word says. Isn't that true this morning? Uh, we could go through a whole litany of different things of there are truths promises just in the word of God that we hold on to and we trust in that we believe in it this morning because he is God isn't that right if God said it then he means it so that is the reasoning behind all of the the teaching of the armor of God I, I won't get into all the reasoning behind that other than I would tell you it is of extreme importance and as we do walk closer even in the times of great outpouring, we still absolutely need to walk in the fullness of God. True? I mean, that really seems like a silly statement because we have to. We must. It's, it's not a, well, if you choose, well, you do choose to, but it is, it's really a, a compelling to do so. It, it's a compelling by not me, it's, it's by the Lord, it's by the Holy Spirit to walk in the fullness of every resource that he has for each and every one of you. And not to give, you know, the enemy any glory whatsoever, because I really, I don't like to do that, right? 
I do feel like there's some people I've been around that they, I feel like they do like giving the enemy a little bit of more credit than what he should get, if I'm being honest with you. I just don't like to do that, right? I, I just, I hate giving him any kind of elevated glory whatsoever. That's not do him. Okay? I mean, because that's exactly what he, he wants. He wants glory. And he wants praise. And he doesn't even mind to do that. You know, he, he doesn't mind to do that however he can. And if that's to get us to blame him for every little thing that goes on in our life, then, then he does receive glory from that. Right? And I'm truly aware of his wiles and his schemes and his, his plots uh, to come against us as believers. There are certainly times where he does do that. I'm just simply saying, I don't like to give him any more credit than what he already gets. Is that okay to say that this morning? I just don't like to do that because there's one that's greater than him. And I want to choose to give him all the glory and all the praise. I don't want to share that with anyone. He deserves all that. But as we are saying that, we do recognize and know that there is a, there is a real, he, he's not an abstract enemy, is he? It's not a made-believe enemy. The enemy is real. And he, when it says it in Scripture what he wants to do, that is very much what he wants to do. He wants to still kill and destroy. He is like a roaring lion. Okay, he, he is out there. And that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to cause separation for the believer and the non-believer. He wants to keep you from uh, experiencing anything that God has for you. That's what he wants to do. And if he can make us become ineffective believers, don't you think that that's exactly what he wants to do? And, and should it surprise us really that we see the things in society or culture that, that takes place that uh, seems like it's really coming against an attack against truth. That should not surprise us one bit, does it? It shouldn't surprise us because if we truly believe in the Word of God, and I've already said it maybe twice now, that there's going to be a great outpouring, which I do believe is happening and going to happen still, uh, then Satan must know something's going on and he's really going to pour out the deception. He's really going to pour it on uh, heavily, right? Because he wants to thwart whatever God is doing. That's what he wants to do. And if we're a part of that, if, we're, if we say that I want to be a part of that last day outpouring, and I want to be a part of what God is doing uh, in the world, then that means that we are uh, you know, doing the things that we need to do uh, to be a part of that. Having the closeness with him, you know, spending the time in prayer, uh, being in communion with, with God, living that uh, life that is upright before the Lord, uh, walking that life out before him uh, so that he can use us. I, I know that we're never going to be totally perfect in it, okay? I, I get that. But there is a, there's a striving for wanting him to be more in us than what the world is in us. That makes sense this morning, right? Absolutely. 
So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. That's where we're going to pick up. We know that we're in a spiritual conflict. We know that we're in this spiritual war that's taking place. And um, this next piece of the armor of God I want to get to, um, before we do get there, I want, to, I want to just share with you an image of what we're going to be uh, talking about today. And it does bring us to the shield of faith. That's where we're at in the next piece of armor. And uh, this one here that you see, uh, we're going to talk about that here in a moment. And um, have you ever seen this depicted, anybody that likes, um, you know, maybe some of these war movies or, you know, different things that you see depicted, uh, these Roman uh, army, these, these different ones? Um, you'll notice that these are very large shields that they have, okay? Um, the next pick, I uh, think, JC, if you could take it to me, um, that's another pick of that. That brings it down as an individual, and you could see how large that shield is. Um, there's really, there's several different types of shields, and if you just give me the liberty to talk a, for some, you know, just briefly about this, because I want to show you, there's, there's, a, there's a reason why Paul, sitting in a prison, that we talked about this yesterday, Dina and I, uh, some of the, the conversations that we will have, and we were in the car, and we're like, you know, you, you think about how, this was, our, this was our conversation yesterday in the car, and we're like, you think about some of the writings that Paul had, the prison epistles that he had, and you think about him sitting in a, in a prison. Now, I've been to prison, <laughs> not locked up. But I've been to prison, right? And I have seen the way that, that some live in prison. And I'm not disregarding that. I mean, it's bad. But nothing compared to what Paul was in uh, in Philippi, right? Uh, so he, he was writing this prison epistle. And you can just imagine um, what his surroundings must have been like. But he was writing such encouraging words. The, the, if you go through those prison epistles and you start reading those, uh, and I'm sure you have uh, read those, and, and you look at those, and you think, wow, he's sitting in a prison writing about this. And he's writing about the, the really a, a picture of the most dominant thing at that time, right? The most dominant figure at that time physically would have been a Roman soldier. So he was using a lot of imagery and I've already said this in my teaching over the last few weeks, uh, but it just is, it, it's really neat to me how this all just comes about here in Philippians, or Ephesians chapter 6. And so when you take a look at this shield right here, there were several different types of shields that they would use. And, and some of us have seen the, the, the small round shields. Have you ever seen those depicted? You've seen those maybe in movies. And there would be a, uh, it would be a, a shield like Gladiator or something like that. Oh, <laughs> she said Captain America. Uh, but, a, <laughs> but a shield, and they would strap it on their arm, and then they would have that, and then they would have that, that small dagger for close combat, right? You've seen that. You've seen that depicted. They had different kinds of shields. Um, when you look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, and if you could throw that scripture up there for me, I got it in three different versions. Um, and I want you to see how this reads in three different versions, the King James, 
the English Standard Version and the New Living Translation. And I just want you to see how it's worded there. When it's talking about the shield of faith, it's talking about this larger shield that I just showed you in the picture. There's actually a Greek word for that, okay? And um, let's read... I want to read all three versions, if that's okay, because I, I like the way they, you know, each one reads a little bit differently. But the one that most people are probably familiar with is the King James. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And then you have the English Standard Version. It says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, right? With which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And the New Living Translation says, in addition to all these things, Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And so when you get to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, you have the first three pieces of the armor. Uh, the first one was the belt of truth. You had the breastplate of righteousness. And then the last one we talked about was the, the shoes of peace. And so then it brings us to this one, the shield of faith. And as I was saying earlier about the Roman shield, um, some of you may already know this, so it'll just be a repeat of what you know. Maybe you don't know. I showed you the picture of that. If you want to throw that back up there, you can, JC, that picture of that Roman shield. Now, these Roman shields were about four and a half feet tall, two and a half feet wide. They would have layers of wood on them, almost kind of like how we would think of plywood today. They would take wood and they would layer it on there to make it a little pliable, but yet thick enough that it can withstand. Then if they had the uh, resources, they would do metal on there. And most always, they would have a layer of animal skin or what we would call leather. And they would put that leather on there. You see, this time, you know, we were so removed from this time. Because we think of body armor, you know, we think of all those things. But this was something that they had um, that they could withstand the attacks of fiery arrows. I mean, Paul knew this when he was writing this. And he, he puts it all together. It's so fascinating, really, how it all just fits spiritually. Because he, he's showing the imagery of these shields, these large shields. And, and, and the, the Greek word for that is theron. Or therion, right? And you look at that word, therion, and you see what it means. It means a door. And when I read that, I thought, wow, isn't that so true? You see, I think it's amazing that when we read in the armor of God, you see all the different pieces that God gives us. The helmet of salvation starting at the top, which we'll get to we haven't yet. The helmet of salvation. You see a breastplate of righteousness. You see a belt of truth. You see shoes of peace. You see a shield of faith and a sword, which is the word of God. What I love about this is it's, it's really, if you think about it, look at this is how God is. See, God loves us so much. Right? He loves us so much. And he knows us there is an evil one out there. The evil one cannot do anything to God. It's no match. I get tired of hearing it's God versus the devil. That is no match. 
That's absolutely no match. It, it, I've said it before. It should be more like, it would be more like Satan against Michael the archangel. Right? I, I, there's no match between God and Satan. But he knows that he can get to us. His apple of his eye, the, the most precious created being, is us. And he thinks, you know, if Satan just can get to us, if he can get us to fall, if he can get us to turn back away from God or not accept him at all, then he's winning. He, he feels like he's getting at God. He's getting at him. I love this, this imagery because it's, it's double protection. It's like God's giving us double protection. You see that? Because you have the armor that's on you, and then you have a shield of faith that is before you. It's like a double protection there. Maybe you all don't think that's cool. I think it's cool. I think it's cool because, you know, when I got fiery arrows coming at me, I sure do like having a shield in front of me. Right? Because a helmet of salvation, it doesn't protect my eyes. I might be silly here. Do you get what I'm saying? When the evil one comes at you, and he does, when he comes at you and he starts throwing fiery darts, which we'll talk about here in a moment, I want all the protection I can get. I want everything I can get. You know, the, 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 another cool thing about the Roman soldier with the shield is this. I said that it was made of animal skins and leather. And anybody that knows anything about leather is, if you don't take care of leather, it will eventually crack and dry up. I have boots that are leather. And they, I, I, you know, when I first started wearing leather boots, I didn't buy into the, oh, well, get the leather protectant for your boots. And guess what? Next thing I know, I'm wearing them out in the weather, and I wish I would have got the leather protection for my boots. Right? Because now my boots that I just paid good money for, they are not looking good at all. And they're cracking. They're drying out. And I think, wow, isn't that so true about even faith? A Roman soldier knew that he would eventually have war come his way or he would be in war. And so they knew that they would be up against fiery arrows of the enemy. And so they would take their shields and they would put oil on them. Oh, that maybe have some kind of biblical <laughs> example there, right? It's like they were anointing their shields. They were keeping their shields nice and ready. Because they knew when a fiery dart would come their way, that it would not burn up their faith spiritually. When an evil attack, when a fiery dart comes from the evil one, if faith is not there as your first line of protection, right. anybody with me this morning? Right. When, when faith is not healthy in your life, then you are a you have access to you more personally. That's why I love the double protection of God that he gives each and every one of us. Hmm. 
We're going to talk more about faith. In verse 16 in the King James Version, if you can throw that back up there for me. I know she's busy back there. JC, you're doing a great job back there for her. She's multitasking. In the King James Version, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, some people would say, well, that's just because it's the most important uh, piece that you need. And that's not what the writer's trying to do here. It's just an emphasis that it's an addition to. And that's why you see that when it's translated down there in a different translation. That's the reason why they do that. It's because it's just an addition to. In all circumstances, use faith. Now, what is faith this morning? It's just believe God, if I can just say it that simply. Believe God. Believe God. See, these are all super simple things. But yet, whenever I'm in life and I'm, I'm living in life, if it's such a simple thing, then why in the world do I let the enemy get access to me if it's simple stuff, right? Because I, I've actually heard some people say, well, that's just elementary. I've actually heard some people say that, even come up to me and say, well, that's just elementary. We need some deeper revelation. And I think, now, I'm a human being just like you. And I walk this life out. And I'm out there in the world because I have to be in the world but not of it. I have to be in the world to be a difference maker. Anybody want to be a difference maker? A world changer? Those are just not hype words. If we want to see our communities change, I believe God can pull them into the house for sure. I can believe the house can be an attraction and people can come into the house. But I hear people all the time, well, they're not coming in, they're not coming in. What are you taking out? What are you taking out? We have to take it out with us. And see, I'm out in this world all the time. And that's not a slam. Don't take it that way. I just felt in my spirit somebody just got really offended when I said that. Come on. It's not that. But what are we taking out to? And it doesn't, and here's another thing. You don't have to wait on a group to get it together to take it out. You can take it out as an individual. You can go individually. My phone just went off. I forgot to shut it off. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else heard that, but I did. I told myself earlier, I was like, turn that phone off, and it just went off. Um. But seriously, you know, that's, that's so true because we can go out and we can be a difference. If it's one person making a difference, you know, and, and whenever you have all the resources available to you as a soldier, you, you're not afraid to go out. You, you don't have to be like, well, I can't do it because you have You have all resources available to you as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You have everything. So you don't have to go. You're not going out in your confidence anyway. If you do that, then you're going to fall. If you go out because that's pride, you're going to be prideful because you think you're doing it. 
And I can take, the, I can take a load off of me super easily because I don't save anyone. You know, I don't do any of that. That's God that does all that. He has only asked me to go and share his good news, to share it. If I encounter someone that needs healing, to heal them, to cast out demons, and that might freak some people out. But whenever you are equipped like you are, whether God tells you, you can do all these things in Christ Jesus. You can do them all. And then maybe sometimes that feels like a heavy load to, 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 to hold and to wear, but He's already told you that, you know, he'll make that burden light for you. It's light. All you have to do is simply know who you are in him. You have all the resources that you need to do this. I do. But I know what it is like to live outside of the church. Right? But, and, and feel the pressure. And have the arrows we need to know what those arrows are this morning. We're, we're talking about arrows this morning. We, don't know, we need to know what those are. And arrows are simply temptations. They're temptations. They're, they're, they're being tossed at you or flung at you as temptations. Because the evil one wants to tempt you. And he wants you to fall for the temptation and he wants to sling them at you so much that you just get worn out that's truth he wants to do that and, and as soldiers of the lord's army god's like i'm not leaving you there unprotected i'm not leaving you there just to 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 be overwhelmed by the enemy i'm giving you all that you need he said, just, just take what I've given you, apply it to your life. So faith is simply just believe God. The fiery arrows are temptation. We need to quench them, extinguish them. Not just some, but it says all of them. All of them. That's how complete the shield really is. Because it will quench all the fiery darts, all the fiery arrows of the evil one. It's temptation. It's seducing temptations. Automatically, whenever people think of temptation, they think of lustful temptation. That is a very strong one. It is. But there's so many temptations out there that we encounter all the time. You know, there's people out there who get seduced on cheating on their whatever taxes right that's a that's a you know that's a temptation there, there's a there's a temptation out there for some people there, 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 there's something there that doesn't belong to me and nobody's around and I can take it it's called theft it's stealing or the temptation to stretch the truth <laughs> to lie Right? There are all kinds of temptations out there. There's a, the temptation, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. There's all kinds of temptations out there that the enemy wants to... Whenever you go out into this week, if you're conscious about it, you think about how many arrows come your way this week. 
Huh? If you're really conscious about what's coming your way and what you have to take captive of, or you have that faith up, right? Because you're rejecting it, the thoughts, the things that come your way. You probably cannot put a number on those. Am I preaching any truth to this morning? It's true. Now, he wants us to live victorious. He's not coming back for a bride that is defeated. I don't read that in Scripture. He's not coming back for that. He's coming back for a church, a vibrant church, a healthy church, a church that, you know, <laughs> is moving and shaking. And not shaking in a bad way. Not fearful of what's coming around us in culture or society. But saying, you know what? I have shoes of peace. I got truth wrapped around me. I'm right with God. I got a faith that's going to, because I believe in God. I believe in his word. I believe in him. I got a sword. I got an offensive weapon. I got a helmet of salvation. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Faith means believing in God. It's the bottom line, isn't it? It's everything we believe, everything we hold on to. It's our confidence in God. We hold on to the promise that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We believe that he inspired men to write the Bible, don't we? We believe that Jesus is God. We believe that he died. We believe that he rose again. We believe that he's coming back again. We believe that we're going to be in his kingdom for all eternity. We believe this morning. We believe it. That's faith because God said it. And God said a lot of things in his word. Amen. There's four of them that I can rattle off right here. Habakkuk 2.4. These all say the same thing. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. Faith is a matter of believing God. God said it, it's true, I believe it. Look at the garden. Can we do that? I don't even know what time it is in here. It's all right. Y'all ready to just hang out a little bit longer? Is it okay? You think about the Garden of Eden. We know this story. But it was, a, it was a perfect environment, wasn't it? God created it. It was a perfect environment. It was a perfect man in Adam. A perfect woman in Eve. And then Satan came disguised, as he often does. Now, we would recognize it right now because we have the story afterwards, don't we? Right. He comes disguised to us all the time, church, That's right. in many different ways. It, it doesn't, if, a, if a snake came up to me and started talking to me, bingo, I know what you are. <laughs> but you have something else come up to you. And in your mind, if you're not careful and you don't have faith ready... And sometimes you can be deceived. But the garden, the, the devil came as a, as, a, as a tempter. He came in as a, in a disguise, as a snake. And he says, 
you've heard this many times when, you, when somebody preaches that they talk about this. But they're just like, you know, did he really say that you, you know, you can eat of that tree of, of good and evil. You know the reason why, Adam or Eve, you know why he doesn't want you to take of that? Because, you know, he doesn't want competition. Because now you're going to know what's good and evil. And, and you could, I don't know what the conversation was. But I know the conversations that he's had to try with me. Huh? I, I know the times as he's come into my life and he's like, well, you know, it's all right. It's okay because, you know, that's, that's just old book. And, you know, you, you don't have to live by an old book anymore. It's outdated. It's antiquated. It's, it's an antique. And, you know, we've progressed so much over the years. And do you really truly believe that? You know what that's saying? And I can't imagine the conversation that Satan was having with them in the garden. But he, he deceived them. Now look over into Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. And you have the temptation of Jesus. You got Jesus. Here he is, the Son of God. And it says the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. And he went 40 days and 40 nights without eating. And Satan comes along just like he did in the garden. And he comes along and he starts to tempt Jesus, doesn't he? He starts to tempt him. And he comes up to him and, he, you know, I'm using some liberty here, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm using Raji's kind of vernacular and, and the way I would kind of see how he would play this out. But, you know, he, he's really trying to, to get into the mind of Jesus. He's slinging fiery arrows at Jesus is what he's doing, right? Because he's, he's like, oh, you got to be so hungry out here. Oh, you've been out here for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, come on. You, you're the son of God. You can do a miracle. You can, you can change that rock into some bread. It's okay. Bread's okay to eat. You're okay. You're fine. Miracles, you're okay. You can do that. You know, I know you've got to be hungry. I mean, you've been out here for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, come on, just, you know, take, just do it. And, you know, Jesus, he's like, ah, he rejects that. He sees right through it. And he's like, oh, you know, well, you, you're, aren't you supposed to be the son of God? You know, uh, you know why have, I thought all these kingdoms were supposed to be, you know, bowing before you and worshiping you. And, and you know, where are they at? You know, you're, you don't have kingdoms following you. And, you know, I, I, I could give you all of that. If you, just, if you just come and you follow me and you worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms. Because, you know, God must have forgotten about you because it's not happening right now. They're, they're, they're not following you, Jesus, like, like what was told you. He, he's left out some pretty important things here, and they're just not doing it. So, so I can give you that. I, 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 can, I can do all these things for you, Jesus, right? And he doesn't fall for that. And then he's like, hey, I got a good idea. Let's go over to the temple. We'll go there right now. Let's go to the temple, and we'll get on the highest part of the temple. And you just dive off, Jesus. You just dive off the temple, and then all your angels will come, and they'll, and, they'll, and they'll protect you. And then everybody around there will see it, and then that's how we're going to do it, Jesus. But just, just work with me here. 
you know, let's do this my, my way. And he doesn't fall for that either. But you can see how the fiery arrows will come at us in life. They'll come and they'll try to penetrate that first line of defense, if you will, faith. Because faith is huge, isn't it? You see, it's temptation. And the temptation to distrust God is what it is, to not believe him. And the tempter can really turn things up on you. That's the way the temptation comes. It says, I know the Bible says I'm not supposed to, but hmm. you have this arrow flying at you. Say, do it, do it, do it. Can I give kind of a hard line here? The, The bottom line is when we sin, we believe Satan. When we sin, we believe in him. You know, that's why the shield is double protection. It means I will believe God. And Satan, get away. Isn't that the way it should be? I believe you, God. Now, Satan, get away from me. That's the only way that we can quench the fiery arrows of Satan is to believe God. The word of God says, Abram believed God and it was counted to him righteousness. Who do we believe? 2 Corinthians 1.24 says, For you stand firm in your faith. Proverbs 35 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. What God says is true. Amen? If we believe it today and obey it, it will be a shield to us. And if you mess with it, we end up suffering because of that. That's just truth this morning. We win when we trust God, when we believe God. You may go through doubts, anxieties, struggles, temptations, persecution, tribulations. But as long as you believe God, he will sustain you. He will strengthen you. Because I'm not looking at one person in here today that you have not faced or facing right now or will face fiery arrows of the enemy. Because we all do. But he's given us everything we need to quench that and to live victorious. Genesis 15.1, and I'm almost finished up. God told Abraham... I am your shield. Psalm 46, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Proverbs, the name of our Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. Psalm 84, the Lord God is a shield. He is on our side, amen? Is anybody thankful that he's on your side in here this morning? He is on your side. He wants to bless you this morning. He wants to give you victory over Satan this morning. But we have to believe him. We have to keep his word.
faith. Believe God.